Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the Good Samaritan HealthCast. I'm your host, Clint Cubo, but today I'll be handing things off to Dr. Scott Stein and Adam Thacker. And today they will be talking to you about preventive health and things that may have fallen off the wagon during you know, COVID and all that kind of stuff and um, some things that you might want to add back to your health checklist. So um, I will hand it off to them. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Scott Stein. I'm Chief Medical Officer and Family Physician here in Vincent's, Indiana. Joining me as always, uh, Adam Thacker, who's our Chief Operating Officer of Good Samaritan Hospital. Uh, we're going to be giving you a preventive medicine, primary care, so forth. As we start to feel we're in a place from a COVID uh, pandemic standpoint to really promote um, preventative medicine, there's a there's a checklist per se um, that that you follow, that your peers follow, and like for you to speak a little bit about you know how you engage your patients in in preventative medicine and staying healthy, staying out of the hospital, um, because once we get to that treatment point, uh, sometimes we can't come all the way back from that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, really, what we thrive on in primary care, and that is. Uh, family medicine, internal medicine, pediatrics, and obstetrics and uh, gynecology to some extent uh, is trying to prevent a disease or a process before it starts. Um, it is much more effective. It is much safer. It is much less expensive to the patient uh, to prevent a disease until we wait until something happens and then have to start bailing water. So really, uh, there's a key set of guidelines that we all kind of base everything on. The U.S. Preventive Services Task Force is something that we all tend to prescribe to paying attention to what those recommendations are because they're very evidence-based. Uh, we follow these guidelines and I have uh, the most current list that, that is updated really uh, every few months or so uh, with the recommendations that we consider the most solid. Those are what are called the A and B recommendations. And those are things that if you got a hundred doctors in a room and got them to talk about it, they would nearly all agree on that. Uh, when we get down into some of the other recommendations, it's more consensus and opinions, but everything that we'll talk about today in the A and B recommendations are things that pretty much everybody in the world of medicine and evidence-based medicine will agree is, is important. So primary prevention is getting in to see your, your doctor, your primary care provider, generally on an annual basis. Um, and this is something that we encourage uh, throughout life. So obviously, in the uh, before you're even born, we have prenatal visits every month, then every two weeks, uh, and then every week towards end of pregnancy as a preventative issue. Then once uh, children are born, we get them in to be seen every two months, every three months, every six months. Where things tend to fall apart, specifically with us guys, because uh, women are much better about going in for preventive visits, is in the post-adolescent phase when people go from 18 years old up till they first have their heart attack at 50, uh, us guys kind of fall off the map. Uh, and so really what we try to encourage people is in that interim period when disease processes are forming, that's the time to get in to see your primary care doctor. That's the time to go in and do what we kind of review as a health review. So going through all your health history, not specifically just that your leg hurts or you have toenail fungus or you have an ear infection, but those things that we should look at every year. And this is something that crosses over, not just in the medical world, but in the uh, eye doctor world, in the dentist world, is that all of these type of preventative things, if we take action early on, that keeps you from getting those diseases. And, and when we put this in terms from a community standpoint, you know, you have multiple pages of the, the various recommendations that can be age-based, um, that can be uh, male-female, family uh, risk, it's quite a list mm -hmm. to try to keep track of. I mean, just hearing you say that, you know, 18 to 15 post-adolescent, I was confused because my wife still tells me I'm an adolescent all the time. Yep. So I, I, now I'm not sure which one to follow. <laughs> um, but it's it's not too different in how we maintain other things. I mean, we do we do maintenance on our computers. We do maintenance on our cars. And it is preventative 
maintenance. So we, we live that in a lot of our, our daily lives as you do this up front to avoid, you know, a bigger uh, concern going forward. So I don't have to keep track of this. I don't have to put on my calendar, hey, I just turned 40. I need to look at colonoscopy and this screening and that screening. It starts with having a relationship with a medical professional, a physician, mm -hmm. and how do you manage all that? Because now you take that and you've got 2,000, 3,000 individuals that you're trying to to manage all that. So do you, you just keep that written down on a little piece of paper? Yeah, thankfully, uh, we've harnessed technology and, uh, and it used to be it was just a checklist, a paper checklist. And the, the important part about that is you need to have an established relationship with a primary care doctor. And a lot of people will think, well, you know, I go see my doctor when I'm sick, but no different than rotating your tires and scheduled oil changes and scheduled maintenance. It's important to do that preventative on a routine basis. Now, in general, in the primary care world, we encourage people to do that during the healthy times of year. So it, it, it's okay to come in for a preventative visit in January, but really the ideal time to do that is typically from about May until uh, October uh, when there aren't a lot of disease processes going on. That's ideal for school age kids to come in during the summer months to have a wellness visit, uh, sports physical type visits for adults to have wellness. They're not as busy, but that visit is very important because it's during that visit that you bring us information. So let's say you went to a health fair somewhere and you had some labs done or you had some screening tests done or you had a vaccination at our pharmacy or a local pharmacy, you're giving me that information. I'm putting that in our system and updating it, running it through this list of things, and then giving you information back to say, hey, it looks like maybe you've gained a few pounds during COVID. It looks like your blood pressure's up a little bit more. Uh, it looks like your depression screen is through the roof because it's been COVID for the last two years. Um, but all of these types of things are part of what that screening process is of going through uh, what would seem like kind of an exhaustive list but once that list is formed, then we have that in our system. And then believe it or not, you've got it on your smartphone. And through MyChart, you know, we encourage people to, to participate in MyChart for a lot of reasons. But one of the big things is, just like your car tells you when it's due for an oil change, your MyChart account uh, or your email account through MyChart will tell you, hey, uh, Adam, you're due for your tetanus. It's coming up due for that. Hey, you'll be due for a screening for a diabetes within the next year. You have a colonoscopy that will be due up this uh, next calendar year. So that helps us as clinicians to make sure your data is up to date. Therefore, the electronic medical system is alerting you and us as to when that's necessary. And this applies to everybody from our childhood vaccination status all the way through up the cancer screenings that we do. And the the MyChart plug is a is a great one because you look at that and you see the the green check the red x that says you you did it or you didn't and and we're all inherently have a little bit of competitiveness of this is my profile and i, and I want everything to be complete on it so if i haven't had a well visit or haven't had immunizations that are recommended or screenings then those all show up and they can help me to to manage those and then have a conversation uh, with my physician to say is this appropriate for me what what does it entail? Um, you know, another element that that we talk often about is the cost of healthcare, and, and certainly during the pandemic, there's all kinds of discussions about how healthcare is reimbursed and and those costs. Uh, one big benefit of preventative medicine is that most insurers do cover this. Um, with very little to no out-of-pocket for your patients. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that people sometimes don't understand is nearly all uh, health insurance since the Affordable Care Act came around covers preventative services. And again, they are all lined up with this, which is a government recommendation-based uh, organization, to a lineup that say that not only should you have a colonoscopy starting at age 45, not only should you start breast cancer screening between ages 40 and 50, not only should you have uh, certain vaccinations, 
but those things are required to be covered by your health insurance. And so what a lot of people don't understand is this visit that we're talking about is generally covered with no copay uh, through your insurance. And then the services that are recommended associated with that that are preventative generally are also free because not that insurance companies are, are horrible entities, they do what wants what's best for Absolutely. us, but in their mind and in our mind as well, we uh, spend less money taking care of prevention that keeps the disease from happening. Uh, although a colonoscopy may cost a few thousand dollars, a colon cancer may cost $150,000. So it's important for your health, it's important to your insurance company that you get it done. And so they generally cover all of those type of preventive services, of uh, screening for cancers, screening for hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and immunizations, generally at no cost. And so I'm, I'm listening to the preventative medicine. I, I know I don't have a physician um, that I, I already have an established relationship and we've kind of talked that's step one. So how, how do I now get, get engaged with um, a physician that's, that's close to Vincennes, Knox County, whomever is listening and, and kind of start that process? Yeah. So uh, generally you want to find a provider that you're comfortable with. So, um, you know, in family medicine, we generally take care of the pregnant mom, the newborn baby, the teen and adolescent, uh, the grandma, the grandpa, so forth. Uh, other people specifically want to hone in. Let's say that you have a child that has uh, chronic medical problems. Uh, you might be more comfortable seeing a pediatrician for preventative type health services and for acute care type services. Um, people who have more complicated medical histories, congestive heart failure, chronic kidney disease, certain types of cancer syndromes may be better served by an internal medicine physician acting as their primary care provider. Uh, or as we said, women generally do very well with preventative care. They're established. They know that in the past they were supposed to go in and get an exam and a pap smear every year. That recommendation has now changed every three to five years, but staying established with an OBGYN who acts as their primary care provider can make those recommendations to them. Um, but the whole idea is, is, is finding somebody that you're comfortable with that you can communicate with. And if you don't have somebody already, then our find a provider line through the hospital can help direct that. You as the patient, though, should make sure that you're vocal about what your preferences are, because when we talk about how you match up with that, we want to make sure that you get the appropriate level of care for what your disease process would be. So I think our finder provider line, certainly our website, and and there is a there there is a consumer driven element to this of mm -hmm. shopping and making sure it's a, a good fit. And so we have star ratings and comments and all kinds of things that our website helps to facilitate so that can find the provider that you feel the most comfortable with. And then it starts with make an appointment, have, have the conversation. And, and a, a key piece that you mentioned in talking about the different patient populations, this isn't preventative in the terms of I have to be healthy and prevent it. it if you have one of those, you know, chronic heart failure or hyperlipidemia, high blood pressure, doesn't mean, well, now I'm precluded from all of that because I'm, I'm not an other, otherwise healthy individual. You're still healthy. And we're looking at a, a very broad spectrum of preventative uh, diseases from cancer screening to those, you know, nutritional um, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, heart failure, all, all kinds of things that, that we're looking at. So really every patient um, should be having a conversation mm -hmm. in establishing a primary care physician and, um, you know, seeing where, where they're at in, in their 
terms of health from a, a professional standpoint moving forward. And this also crosses over all different modalities uh, from uh, medicine, dentistry, uh, ophthalmology, optometry. Um, many times people won't go see an eye doctor unless they need a prescription or they need their contacts filled. Uh, but routine eye screening, especially in the young population, that's one of the USPSTF guidelines, is in the going into school age child that they should have vision screening done. And while I can do a vision screening in my office, uh, I feel that it's a very compelling argument to go and see an optometrist or an ophthalmologist to get a good screen for what we call amblyopia, which is a wandering eye or a lazy eye on one side or the other, make sure that vision correction is good, and also check pressures in eyes, look for other disease processes. Uh, of course, my wife being a dentist, I got to plug the dental side of things. That's also a USPSTF guideline, is that uh, young children in that preschool and uh, permanent uh, teeth coming in age era, recommendation is to get screened, to get fluoride supplementation, and then also to get varnishes applied. That's actually a 2021 recommendation that came out because that has now proven to be incredibly preventive in that early population in preventing dental caries. So again, it's not just us within the medical world, but in the dental world, the vision world, and so forth, is to make sure that these folks are getting in for those preventive services as well. Because many of these disease processes that we talk about preventing are asymptomatic. Hypertension screening, asymptomatic. Early diabetes, asymptomatic. Glaucoma, asymptomatic. Dental caries, asymptomatic. Uh, vision deficiency causing difficulty in school-aged children, asymptomatic. So many of the things that we talk about in preventive medicine don't have symptoms. So if you wait until you're pooping blood, that's a bad sign. If you wait until you notice that your child's eye is drifting to one side and they had a vision correction that could have occurred, that's a little bit on the late side. So all of these things that we talk about in the USPSTF uh, emphasizes is there's a, a tremendous impact by acting early. Absolutely. Very, very good points. And, and certainly preventative medicine first, as we as we move to diagnostic care, you know, we've kind of passed over to now we know something is going on that, that needs to be addressed. And again, cost conscious consumers for healthcare that also is going to become much, much more expensive as, as we look at uh, diagnostic treatment versus uh, preventing something on the on the front end. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in today. I hope this was informational and um, take time to en engage with your primary care provider and learn more about preventative medicine. Thank you, Dr. Stein. Thank you.